Hi, I'm Tom Hendrickson from MyITCareerCoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Scrum Scrum Band, Scrum Bond with Andrew Stellman. Andrew, I kind of butchered that intro, but Scrum Bond, right? Is that how we say it? So I say scrum ban, but I have a weird accent. I'm from Brooklyn, but I don't sound like I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I've heard it said scrum ban, scrum ban, um, can ban, kanban. Yeah. Um, so I feel like anything goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I've heard people say, like you said too, with kanban, kanban, kanban. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's one of those things where I hear people say that differently as well. So Andrew, good to welcome you back to Tech Career Talk. We've had you on before, but just for anybody who doesn't know who you are, I mean, you've published a lot of books. You're a very yes. active guy. Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself just to kind of level set everyone who's joining us. Sure thing. Um, so I have written a bunch of books with my co-author Jennifer for O'Reilly, um, several uh, Agile titles, um, Head First Agile, Learning Agile, um, as well as uh, books on more traditional project management, Head First PMP, which is a, one of the top-selling PMP prep books, and uh, uh, Applied Software Project Management. Uh, sort of a graduate, it's been used in a lot of graduate software engineering courses on project management. Um, and also books on programming, uh, Head First C-Sharp. One of my favorite ones, uh, Beautiful Teams, which is a bunch, a bunch of stories and interviews with uh, a lot of people from around the industry. Um, I've spent most of my time, days actually just working on software teams, working specifically building software, getting out the door, do all sorts of things from project management to being a scrum master, to do process improvement, to a lot of coding. Um, and uh, what I have really have sort of focused a lot of my career on is helping folks improve their teams, learn to code, uh, get their projects up and running, and build their organizations out. Yeah. So you've been helping a lot of organizations and writing a lot about it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time, I actually spent time managing large organizations too, which is uh, really put a lot of the scrum band stuff in context for me. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, you said it like we, we want to talk today about scrum bond. Talk to us, tell us about scrum band and what, what it is first off, because I think a lot of people, I, I know even myself having worked in the agile area for a while, it seemed like I thought maybe somebody was just making something up. I didn't, think it was something real. So tell us about what it is. Yeah, it's definitely real, but it's definitely kind of mysterious for a lot of people because it's, it's uh, well, so I'll start with the basics. Scrum Ben is a hybrid of Scrum and Kanban. Mm-hmm. Um, Scrum is, well, most of us know what Scrum is. It's an agile project. It's an agile framework for product development and project management. Um, it was developed by Jeff Sutherland and Ken Schwaber in the mid nineties. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's easily the most popular method for Agile uh, used on Agile projects today. Um, Kanban is an Agile project process improvement method, um, mm-hmm. which means it's all about taking what you do today and making it better. Um, yeah. My dog. You've got your friend. <laughs> yeah, got my friend. Um, she can't stand being on the floor. So, <laughs> so, uh, so Scrumban combines Scrum and Kanban. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be a um, to be a real hybrid of any two methods, especially agile methods, yep. it has to retain the integrity of both of them. For example, a lot of teams do a Scrum XP hybrid, which means you need to actually have, maintain the integrity of Scrum, the basis of Scrum, which is, uh, which is um, empiricism, empirical process control, that um, transparency, uh, inspection and adaptation uh, cycle. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, 
and the uh, uh, the core of XP. Um, in this case, it's uh, combining the uh, the uh, core of Scrum with the core yeah. of Kanban, which is all about understanding what the team does now, optimizing flow, and managing work in progress, which we can probably talk about a little bit. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So what are the advantages of using it like a hybrid like this? Well, so Scrumban is great at helping teams fix their real problems, especially um, you know, there's a lot of problems that Scrum teams run into where they've, it's really, really good at giving them a great solid starting point, um, addressing a lot of um, a lot of the biggest problems in software development, but um, Scrum itself, when you actually look at the roles in it, you know the uh, team. You've got team members. You've got a Scrum yeah. master. You got a product owner. There's a lot of assumptions that basically are kind of kind of lay things off on the product owner. Um, mm. And one of the real classic problems in Scrum is you. Um, and in fact, there's a there's a uh, um, um, there's a fantastic YouTube video by uh, Heinrich Nyberg, K-N-I-B-E-R-G, yeah. um, uh, Agile Product Ownership in a Nutshell, and I totally encourage everybody to watch that, um, which does a great job of, of describing a really uh, common situation that Scrum teams run into. What will happen is you'll end up with, uh, you'll end up with a Scrum team where everything looks fine, their task board looks great, their iterations are going by, their, their sprints are going great, um, but uh, the product owners, like especially if there's a bunch of different stakeholders, each yeah. one has a garage of great ideas. Let's say they have you know ten great features they want to add every month, <laughs> but that team is only capable of you know building four to six to eight maybe whatever yeah. um, features that month. Well, what'll happen is you'll start getting a bigger and bigger backlog. And from a perspective of Scrum, that's fine. Okay, just put it on the backlog. But from the perspective of the people requesting those features, it seems like every month. The, the amount of time between, yes, exactly, yeah. between when they, when, they, uh, Deliver when, the when they requested it and when they actually get it delivered, yeah. it grows. And, and, and so the problem is Scrum, you know, from the, all the tools that Scrum gives them, it's, everything looks healthy. Yep. Um, and that's why Scrum is a great, and Scrum Band starts there. Scrum Band starts with where you are today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you end, you, end up, you end up with people asking things like, you know, do we have the right person in the product owner role? You know, are, are, are they really doing a good job of managing their requests? Well, it turns out they are. It's just that that's out of their hands. Yeah. We're following the rules of Scrum. And, and every, we're doing everything right, but our stakeholders are saying that things are, seem, seem to be slowing down. You know, we added more product owners, even though the, rules, the Scrum rules told us not to. We replaced mm -hmm. a product owner with a committee, even though the Scrum rules tell us not to. <laughs> um, and now finally it breaks down. A manager has stopped talking to the scrum master, talking to the product owner, just going directly to developers to get what they want because that's the only thing that they can, way they can get things out in a timely manner. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, uh, that's kind of a failure mode for scrum. And, and scrum, scrum ban is really, really good as you know, that and, and a lot of other places where scrum is a great starting point. You know, I shouldn't even call it a failure mode because it's not failing. Scrum is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And, and what, what, um, one of the great things about Scrum is it's based on empiricism, which means really looking at the facts under the ground, yeah. understanding what's going on out there with the teams. Um, and it just means that uh, what's going on there, you really need to expand past the beginning of the sprint and the end of the sprint to see what's going on in the rest of the organization. And that's, that's where kind of Scrum meets Kanban, and that can, that can really make a huge improvement. Yeah. 
I can see that. I, you know, I'm thinking about different organizations I've worked with and I can see those, like you said, those maybe failures, maybe they're not, but, but those issues do arise and those are quite common. So, so if we want to start using Scrum Band, yeah. what, where do we start? Like you said, uh, we just start with where we are or what, what's the, the best way to go? Well, so we want to start using Scrum Band. The, so the great thing about Scrum Band is it's based on Kanban. And Kanban is a pro, an agile process improvement f- method. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, there's a lot of process improvement methods out there. Um, I spent a lot of time in the 90s and early 2000s working with CMM. Um, and process improvement is all about taking what you do and like the way your team works as a sort of a process and making it better. Um, Kanban is agile, which means it's really simple, it's easy to implement, yeah. and, and focused on... Um, it's focused on a, a, in this case, a, a, a four specific steps. Um, this is coming from David Anderson. He, he's, he originally laid this out in his work with Microsoft and Corbis, his mm-hmm. uh, fantastic book, um, Kanban. And he actually gave us a lot of really great feedback when we were writing our Kanban chapters in Learning Agile. Um, really appreciated all of his help. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the four steps of Kanban are you start with what the team does now. Yep understand the current process, mm-hmm. you set width limits or work in progress limits, and then you establish a pull system based on Kanban signals. Yep. Um, now the first two things seem obvious. Um, un- uh, understand with what the team does now and then understand the current process, but that's actually really hard, especially if you're trying to, you know, you're looking at Scrum, what you would actually look at is, um, so uh, anybody who's used Jira has seen Kanban boards. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look like task board boards, except with more columns. Yeah. And um, and what uh, what what the um, it's really easy to look at them for think that they're uh, they're tools for project management, and they can be tools for managing projects. But what they're really about is visualizing the workflow, really yeah. understanding how all the steps a, an individual work item goes through. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so if you had a task board for that team that where that I was talking about earlier that had two, like many stakeholders that were overloading the backlog, where things were getting longer, the time we call it lead time, the time between uh, request and delivery, yeah. um, we won't go into the set of the, the minutia of lead time versus cycle time, but yep. just in general, like that's when they see that lead time keeps growing, they um, you have to look beyond the begin the task board the. Uh, to do in progress done of the individual sprint, and mm-hmm. you might actually look at a fuller board that has a backlog. Yeah. Where the back, you know, might, and and you see that backlog keeps growing. More and more things get added to it, and you can see, oh, that's in Kanban terms, we would say that that's overburdened. Mm. Um, and and what we would want to do then is we would say maybe we can set a whip limit or work in progress limit on the backlog. Say, okay, there's. We, we, know, we, we know that we, if we, let's say 12, we can't have any more than 12 items in the backlog. And if any more than that, all of you product owners need to start working it out amongst yourselves. Uh, you know, rather, stakeholders need to work it out amongst yourselves. And when yeah. the product owner, the team will help you with it. But really, there's a limited number of slots. Because any more than that, then that's what caused our, our, our delay to get. Now, now, a funny thing here is that it might be hard to convince the stakeholders that, but if you can actually convince them to start, start looking at that, then you can actually get a hold of your product because that's where the overburden happens. It's like get a hold yeah. of your process mm-hmm. and, and you start making improvements. And then you start looking, well, where else do we have, where do we have overburdening? Start adding more columns, 
figuring out the actual steps things go to. Maybe things are waiting on, this, on, the, on the delivery side. Maybe, maybe there's a testing team that's taking, taking a really long time because they don't have enough people in it. Maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's a regulatory uh, checks that, that, that's, that's holding things up. Maybe there's a manager who's sitting around saying, you know what, I have all these things to review and sign off and I just, I, it takes me forever to do it because I've got, you know, my schedule has, is booked three deep and I yeah. just don't have time. And visualizing the workflow means un- seeing those things for where they are, understanding what is actually going on and start to limit, you know, you set limits to the set limits, which is one of the challenges. But once you, once you actually set those limits, you can actually see you know, that that's what optimizing the flow is about. Yeah. And you actually see that lead time, you measure the lead time and you actually can see it go down. And that's what Scrum Ban, that's what the Kanban part of Scrum Ban is all about. Excellent. But it's Excellent. very different than the way a lot of teams use Kanban boards. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So I guess you've talked a little bit about that challenge. What are some other challenges to using it? Well, so <laughs> a huge advantage to Scrum Ban is it's great at exposing problems in your organization, especially at the manager level. Oh yeah. A huge challenge of Scrum Ban <laughs> is it's great as exposing problems in your organization, especially at the manager level. Yeah. Managers Managers who are the guy who's sitting there or the woman who's sitting there who's, yep. you know, being the bottleneck, mm-hmm. um, they, don't, they don't want that, they, you know, that even if it's very uncomfortable to have that exposed and they, yeah. don't, so they certainly don't want to be the cause of the problems. You know, the problem with being a manager is it's a position of a lot of, you know, it's the old uh, Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, well, that's being a manager and the problem is, your response, you know, sometimes you, when you're lacking that responsibility, you can cause delays. Yeah. Um, sometimes setting that whip limit saying, okay, well, we've got a manager review column and that means things are, pro- we can see on the board that, 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 that work items are pil- piling up there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you go to that manager, they might not want to hear that. They might not want to hear that they're the cause. They're the ones complaining. They'd really rather it be the team's fault. Um, yeah. A good manager will take responsibility, step up and say, okay, well, I will make sure that more than six things are in that column or however many we, we set. Yep. And we, we will modify those whip limits to optimize the flow and get the best lead time Then we do the, the smallest lead time. Um, but a lot of managers might not want to hear that and might be very resistant to it. And that's when, that's when the entire effort to adopt Scrum Ban kind of falls apart. Yeah. Because it's, especially if that's the manager who has to agree to the adoption in the first place. So if a team starts using it and really starts to gel and, and they, they're doing well with it, what, what does that look like in an organization then? Well, what it re- looks like is, you know, a, one of the things that Corey Lattice wrote in his original 2008 paper that coined the term Scrum Ban mm-hmm. is that ability, agility means the ability to respond to change. Yeah. And and what you get is a team that is actually able to respond to change really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you see not just lead times getting shorter, but their ability to, to, to take on new features, their ability to work with stakeholders improves. Um, they, they, they've given those stakeholders a lot more visibility into the system. Um, that's actually something that Scrum, Scrum um, especially when teams are first implementing it, is really about uh, boxing out the rest of the organization saying, here's a, here's a product owner, work with yeah. that product owner and we will get you whatever we do with whatever we agree to in the sprint, we will get you. And if we don't, we'll work on it and make sure that you 
make sure that at the end of the sprint, the visibility is we have a sprint review where we demo what we built. We do our best to plan out the next one. We mm -hmm. look you in the eye and tell you if we didn't make, make, if we didn't build something, we'll tell you and we'll tell you why. Yeah. But you don't get a lot of visibility about what's going on in the sprint. You really get to see just planning and then, you know, planning and then uh, at the end, the review. And yeah. we'll have a retrospective amongst the team, which sometimes stakeholders are, are invited to, but mm -hmm. generally don't get to talk in. Yeah. Um, but that's really all the visibility they get. Mm -hmm. um, Kanban and Scrumban are about increasing visibility, about showing all the stakeholders, here's how the sausage is made. Here's yeah. all the steps, individual steps that each individual work item goes through. Mm -hmm. And we're going to need your help to set limits on, on these things so that if one of those steps is overburdened, we find a way to keep that from happening. Um, yeah. Setting a whip limit will, it's just, you know, that's just the number of items in that, in that step. That generally means we have to make agreements, talk to people, figure out ways to make that limit. Agree not to move, so, you know, not to move something from the step, previous step into it. Um, that's um, one of the things that you see over and over again when you talk about, um, and this is one of those, um, Cory Lattice talks about level two scrum ban. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really, really have a, established a mature pull system. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, and it's, uh, without going into too much detail, a pull system, when you have a, you know, the difference between a push system and a pull system is a push system, you say, um, you'll have features that are, that are, you, you say, oh, I've got features that are ready for me to build and they, they kind of push them onto the team. Yeah. Whereas the pull, you know, where, where you might, um, where, you know, a typical, you know, a lot of teams start out with Scrum where they'll have, they'll do a Scrum sprint planning and mm -hmm. then they will, they will, um, then maybe they have, you know, say five stories divided into, you know, 20, you know, 21 tasks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And on each one of those tasks, they'll, you know, they'll write each, you know, a name of one of the team members or assign them at the very, during the sprint planning to yeah. a team member. Um, one of the things that will bring you closer to pull is instead of, assign them. So there, there we've pushed that work onto team members throughout the sprint. Yep. Instead, what you can do is you can have the team members, um, you, you leave all those tasks unassigned. Mm -hmm. and, at, and when a team member is done with yep. what they're currently working on, they will go to that list of tasks and they'll say, I'm going to pull this next one into my queue. Yep. I'm going I'm to pull this one in and I'm going to start working. And that's when they assign to themselves. Yeah. And that self-assignment, the difference there is it gives them a lot more flexibility mm -hmm. because then you, um, you know, if, two or three different people could do one of the tasks. The person who's best able to do it and ready to do it yeah. um, will do it at the time. You don't have to do a lot of sequencing. You don't have to do nearly as much planning. It gives you yeah. a lot more agility. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's like a really one specific example of a pull system versus a push system. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, and pull systems that, and when you're at that kind of um, when the team really gets it, you've, You've, you've taken that idea and applied it all throughout your process. And yeah. each, each step in the pipeline is pulling from the previous step. So what are some of the misconceptions about Scrum Band? Well, if you, so anybody who's ever typed Scrum Band into Google will have come across <laughs> these things. And it's, um, which is funny, you know, it's one of the things we started out talking about is it seems like, it seems like it's hard to pin down what it means. And the reason is because, um, because there's a lot of bad definitions out there. Yeah. The first one is that's the first misconception is that Scrum Band is just a tool to organize your work and make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and what that comes from is this idea that Kanban, like Scrum, is a method for organizing work, doing product delivery and project management. 
Scrum is really, really good at that. And if you look at a Kanban board, and if, um, in fact, if you look at a lot of, lot of uh, guides to using Kanban, they'll basically say, use a Kanban board like a Scrum, like a scrum task board, yep. where you're just moving items, you're, you're using to track your items from, beginning, from conception to completion. I think that's not really what a, a Kanban board is for. It's not for project management. Mm-hmm. It's not for planning out how your project will go. It's for tracking how your project actually did go in real life. It's, for, it's, a, it's not a planning tool. It's a visualization tool. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see where your project is overburdened and figure out where to apply those whip limits to yep. optimize your flow. So if you're using the Kanban board, if you're having team meetings every day where you're moving things to it, that's yep. fine. But only if you're doing it after it's done. If you're doing it and saying, this is how we're going to be planning the project, then you're using it as a project management tool and it's then just not really visualizing the way things actually are. You're, vis- you're, you're using it to lay things how the way you think they should be, and you're probably missing the step where things are overburdened. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit subtle, but when you see Kanban as project management, what, um, rather than Kanban as process improvement, what, um, that leads to a mindset where the entire focus of your Scrum Band effort is just on managing a project, on mm-hmm. managing the work that's out there. Whereas the focus of process improvement is everybody is actually trying to figure out, okay, is this Kanban board an accurate representation of what really went on? Do we need more columns? Because there's, you know, we actually have a review that isn't represented here. Let's put it there, see if that's where things are getting overburdened. Yeah. That's, uh, that's um, and when the team starts focusing on that, then you're actually looking at starting with what, what you, where you actually are, visualizing the workflow, and then you can all work together to limit work in progress and optimize your flow. And that, that's how you improve things. That's setting those work limits and more importantly, the policies agreeing with the stakeholders, doing that horse trading amongst them to get things yeah. into the backlog. That's where you actually see real improvement. And that improvement mm-hmm. is what Kanban is about. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really great. Well, Andrew, I really appreciate your time. Do you need closing thoughts? Um, you know, the closing thought is that it's worth, it's definitely worth learning about. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's worth trying. You know, it's, there are some really great, one of the, so this is all, um, this all came about where um, I have a newer, this, this is about this new report I've written for O'Reilly called What is Scrum Band? It's on uh, the O'Reilly Learning Platform, um, mm-hmm. which, uh, and if you don't have access to it, just go to learning.oreilly.com and you can get a, a free trial. Uh, search for What is Scrum Band? It'll come up. Um, we talk about some specific tools like, uh, like, um, like uh, value stream maps where you can actually map out the actual flow that a work item goes through. And it's even if you don't intend on uh, taking your theme through a full scrum band effort, it's really worth trying out some of these things just to help yourself understand where your system is overburdened, yeah. where your workflow could improve. Because even if you're not doing a, a scrum band effort, mm-hmm. what you can do is you can find ways to make things better. And that's what, that's what really is you know, what you want is tomorrow, make things better than today. And that's really where, where, where you can, where you can start to see the power of this. Stuff. See improvement. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Well, thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, please email me, Tom at myitcareercoach.com, And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Andrew Stillman, I am Tom Hendrickson from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching Tech Career Talk. 